All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice.
right, guys, joining us now for this Tuesday special as we check in with the media. It's Justin Morissette. You can find him at Sportsnet 650. And it's a good time to have him on right now because he's also the host of Wrestle Central. Uh, Justin, let's get right there. Uh, you just had WrestleMania this weekend. What did you think? Uh, I mean, it's the only sporting event that's going on right now. So a lot of people were probably tuning in that were casual fans. How do you think it was for just like the casual wrestling fan? Uh, I, that's a good question, Chris, because I do feel like uh, these shows that they have done over the last little while with uh, an empty arena and no fans at all, it's very jarring and it takes a little bit to get used to watching because wrestling is so driven by audience reaction and you know the wrestlers specifically doing things to try to elicit a reaction from the crowd and you have to credit them as performers to have the confidence in what they're doing to still be able to do those things and have faith that they are going to draw those reactions from the fans watching at home even if they can't hear any of it as it's happening uh so credit to the wrestlers for that but you know i it, it, it was a bit of a of a weird thing and i did feel like the the night one started kind of slowly it was a two-night wrestlemania this year for the first time ever uh they had a it's wrestlemania has been a very long show in recent <laughs> years like about eight hours or so and i think they decided that no nobody wants to yeah <laughs> sit there for that long in one <laughs> night it's a, it's a lot to ask and you know by the time we get to the main event it doesn't feel special because everybody's exhausted the fans in attendance are exhausted the people watching at home are exhausted uh so split it in half and, and doing two three or three and a half hour nights over over two days uh, is something that's never been done before, but it was, I feel like, the right move because you're trying to occupy people's time and give them something else to think about during these uh, difficult times, of course, and um, it, it was good. I'm, I'm glad that they went ahead with it, and I say that as someone who was very trepidatious coming into this weekend, especially on a couple of fronts. I mean, I still believe that, for example, Edge's return match, his first singles match, uh, in nine years coming out of retirement to take on Randy Orton after returning to the WWE at the Royal Rumble. Uh, that's something that should have been saved for a yeah. crowd. Like, there's that's so unfair to those two guys to make them do that without an audience. And you can almost burn. see it on Edge's face, like, before he did that big jump. Like, I don't know, just like, it looked like he like he wanted to perform that in front of a crowd almost. Yeah, and and why wouldn't you, you know? Like, that's, that is, you know, I watched the Edge documentary that they put together for WWE Network, which is fantastic, by the way. Hmm. If anybody has access to WWE Network, uh, I strongly recommend, if you're a Canadian wrestling fan, if you have, you know, roots in the Attitude Era, if you have any sort of emotional investment in Edge as a great Canadian, uh, I encourage you to watch the documentary that they put together on him uh, called The Two Mountains. And... Um, it's fantastic, but one of the things that he talks about in that documentary as he tries to soak in his return to Royal Rumble is that you only get this once. You know, this is only going to have be a one-time feeling, and you have to appreciate it all as it happens. So you're exactly right. Like, it's not fair to a guy like that when you only get one return match yeah. uh, to do that in front of no audience. And also Drew McIntyre beating Brock Lesnar to become the new champion in the, the Sunday main event. That's another thing where, like, I just feel so bad for Drew because he deserves to have that moment in front of a crowd and for an audience to go crazy for that. And, you know, personally for me, like, 
I was supposed to be there this this weekend. I was supposed to yeah. fly down to Tampa last week. I was supposed to do exactly what I did for SummerSlam in Toronto last year, which is just, you know, go to a bunch of press junkets and interview a bunch of wrestlers and bank a ton of content for Wrestle Central every Sunday night on Sportsnet 650. That was what my weekend was supposed to be like a, a, a dream come true as someone who, you know, has been a wrestling fan for longer than I've been a, a media person. And, and since I've been in media, I've tried to, uh, you know, elbow my way into wrestling media spaces. <laughs> if I can, the, uh, I've always wanted to go to WrestleMania, even as a kid, this yeah. was supposed to be a dream come true. And, uh, I'm hopeful that I can do it in Los Angeles next year, but, uh, like this was, a very very strange weekend, but like you said, they had to they had to get creative. That boneyard match that you tuned in for, I thought it was outstanding. There was a similar kind of cinematic uh, quote unquote match uh, between John Cena and Bray Wyatt, the Firefly Funhouse match on uh, on Sunday <laughs> night that was equally uh, transporting and bizarre and cinematic. And you know, I, I'm it pushed them to do something new and get as abstract and artistic as they could and you know i had a great time watching it it's just there's a couple things i wish that they had held back because that first show that you bring back with a crowd when you have a crowd again that's going to be a huge night and it would have been nice to have some huge moments to go along with it yeah i thought that you know they did they obviously put out a pretty good product and like i mentioned i saw the boneyard match i think right after that uh, or maybe right before, there was quite like a, a deep kind of dive into Drew McIntyre a little bit. And they were kind of talking about, you know, more of his career. And it's a lot of stuff that I didn't know because it was around a time when I kind of tuned out of wrestling a little bit. But, like, what did you think about how they kind of put the storylines together without, you know, having the typical WWE way to do it? It seemed like they actually, you know, went a little bit more in-depth almost to the back, like the backstories going into WrestleMania because they kind of had to almost. Yeah, that's another documentary on the network that you caught after Mania went off the air. That one's called uh, Drew, Ma- Drew McIntyre Chronicle. Mm. Um, and the Chronicle series is very similar to that. They follow someone around the world in their training. Or, you know, they went to Ghana with Kofi Kingston after he'd won the world title and was flying back to Africa as the first ever African champion. Wow. So they, they, they do try to put together like compelling documentaries but the two that came out this weekend the drew mcintyre one and the edge one were both spectacular and it's a lot more of the like i don't really like the ufc i'm not a mma guy chris but i do like the ufc style of storytelling like the 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 documentary features that they put out to build up to fights the week of a fight like, that's some of the best storytelling you're going to find in the entire sporting world. And I know it's fake. I know it's scripted. I know it's character-driven. But pro wrestling has to get on board with that kind of thing. And NXT really does. It's like the feeder system for WWE. It's like their, their AHL, basically. Um, I find that they are more willing to lean into that as, as trying to kind of experiment with the form and find new things that work. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I, I thought that they, they did a really good job all told. And, and, uh, I, I was happy to have the distraction for, you know, two, three nights in a row here with, with Monday Night Raw after the fact as well. Just that it happened to line up with my days off work this past yeah. week uh, were, were perfect as well. Well, that's awesome, man. I, I wanted to ask a little bit about the work that you talk about there. You talk, you know, you're obviously the host of Wrestle Central. That's on Sportsnet Sunday nights. Um, I got to ask, like, how's it been going for you? Just kind of getting put into a spot like that. Like this, you mentioned it's a spot that you've been trying to, you know, kind of work your way into for a long time. So what does it feel like to, you know, have the... 
have the title of the host of Wrestle Central on Sportsnet. That must be pretty awesome, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, you like it, it, it's an accomplishment, and when you put it that way, it's hard not to feel good about it. <laughs> yeah, and it is definitely something that I was working towards from the moment that I got hired at 650. I had been pushing to have uh, a Sunday night wrestling show on our airwaves. It took kind of. Uh, you know, close to a year and a half for for them to finally agree with me that not only do we need to have a show like this, but uh, I am the person to host it as well. So, uh, you know, it does feel like an accomplishment. And when I look over the list of of names of, of wrestlers that I've had on the show over the course of the time that I've been doing it, because we only launched this thing in July of last year, yeah, wow. you know, you, you know, some some real legends and some people that I think are some of the best in the game today. I've gotten the opportunity to speak with, whether that's you know a Trish Strat or a Becky Lynch or a Kevin Owens, like names that mean a lot to me as a fan. And the, the fact that I got to talk to these people, even if it's for, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes at a time, it's, it's, a, it's a special thing for sure. The show is on hiatus right now as a result of, uh, of COVID-19, unfortunately, and I'm hoping that I can kind of bring it back before too long here because, as you may have noticed, the reason that we're talking about this at all is that <laughs> wrestling, wrestling is the only thing that's going on in sports yeah. at the moment. But no, I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's cool, and I'm I'm glad that it opens doors for me, you know, because I was flying to SummerSlam last year as a fan. I, right. I got tickets to sit on the floor for NXT TakeOver Toronto with a bunch of my friends, and I booked my flight, and I was going out there, and we launched the show like three or four weeks before SummerSlam weekend, and from the minute it launched, I was just bombarding WWE PR <laughs> with emails like, I'm going to be there, I can come to you, I'm already going to be at the arena, like, we can make this as easy as possible, what can we do <laughs> yeah. here? And they uh, they just rolled out the red carpet. I got to attend like three press junkets that weekend. I went to a big uh, media mingler event uh, at the top of CN Tower with an open bar on the Friday night of that weekend. Okay. So they uh, they they treated me pretty well, and I realized that like oh I. I, I flew to that one as a fan, and then they hooked me up with all these tickets as a, as a media member, and it was like, well, I could just fly to anything that I really <laughs> want to go to, I guess, and yeah. they'll, they'll probably do that, and that's, you know, Sportsnet being the, uh, the national rights holder opens up that door for me, but I have to do the work, because it's not like anybody at 650 or anybody in Toronto is like, oh, you know what we really need is uh, <laughs> some wrestling content, yeah. I have to... I have to bang on those doors myself. I am I am a low, if not the very lowest priority on the entire corporate pecking order. Uh, I, I think, but uh, you know, I get to I get to use that to to open doors for myself and and attend some shows without having to pay for them. And uh, you know, not to say that that's the benefit of being a media member, but. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm broke, man. It's nice to be able to do things and and get some comp tickets here and there. Yeah, most definitely. I know that I know that you've attended a couple things for the Canucks and events like that. I I wonder like what's the what's the vibe and what's the difference between like a, a hockey event, do you think, and like a wrestling event? You talk about like an open bar on a Friday night. Like what's what's that like in a wrestling realm? Um Yeah, I mean I feel like people feel like as members of hockey media that you have to have this impartiality, right? Like you cannot cheer in the press box and you cannot uh, wear your jersey to the, the press availability and so on, etc. You have to be a professional. You have to be one step removed from it. You have to kind of whether it's real or not, act like you're above it all and it doesn't delight you that you are getting to do the things that you get to do. <laughs> With wrestling, like, 
it's fake, right? <laughs> like we all we all know what this is. And if you don't have that kind of childlike excitement for the sport, and I will call it the sport because it is athleticism, um, you know, you probably don't even like it. So yeah. you wouldn't put yourself in a position to be like you. It's impossible to separate your fandom from uh, your your media or your journalism, I guess. And that to me, like, is good is good journalism in the wrestling world. I think. Like, I wrote a piece about how. I'm only the fan that I am, and I'm only the, the the wrestling journalist, if you want to call me that, that I am now, because of Daniel Bryan and how much I just love that man and how, like, my heart got attached to the story that they were telling with him, and I fully bought in on the underdog everything. If I did not, like, you know, feel the way that I feel about that uh, particular fella that, uh, you know, that the stories that they've told with him over the years have genuinely moved me to tears uh, and and brought me some of the the greatest elation that sports fandom has ever offered me in my life. You know, I don't know that I would be uh, doing this stuff right now. And, And when that's the case, like, I have to be honest about that because why would I not be? You know, there's no reason to... It's not like anybody's going to call me biased or that my impartiality is getting in the way of, uh, you know, proper reporting or whatever. Like, there's the, that doesn't, the worlds are just aren't the same. And, and it's nice to have that too. You know, I, I don't think I'm, you know, anywhere near alone in my fandom as a member of sports media. It seems like, you know, a ton of my friends, whether it's in, uh, uh, broadcasting on the sports side or on just the radio side, like there's a ton of there's a ton of marks in the broadcast business, man. <laughs> like there's just something about this job where the the allure and the and the showmanship and and even the broadcasting of pro wrestling really hooks you in because like who who didn't want to be Jim Ross yeah. as a kid on some level if you were watching around then you know yeah i mean like that's that's interesting. like you talked about Daniel Bryan being that guy for you i'm wondering about people that are are becoming wrestling fans now whether it be kids or people that are older that are just starting to tune back into it like is is WWE still the spot for that or is like different wrestling groups you know whether it be local or NXT like you mentioned like are there other wrestling groups that are starting to take that throne a little bit more from WWE um, it depends on what you're looking for. It depends on what kind of fan you are, right? And that, like, wrestling is an art, and I really do believe that. I know I call it a sport as well, but it is both. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, like, within art, there's, there's something for everybody, right? Like, uh, if you would never say, I like music. You would say, <laughs> I like rock and roll, or I like jazz, or I like pop, or any number of different genres, right? Like, there are different flavors. Uh, of wrestling right across the board as well and if you're looking for something that might be a little bit more uh, mature that might harken back a little bit to what you remember if you watched in the late 90s or early 2000s if you're looking for something that's a little bit more uh, up-tempo high-flying more athleticism in the in-ring presentation uh, there's all wrestling right now AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night on T- uh, TNT in the States and TSN up here in Canada hmm. it's fan- it's fantastic yeah. and, and it's good to have a different option as well because WWE has become this monolithic company that just dominates this entire industry and it's not good for wrestling to not have competition you know the reason why everybody thinks back to the late 90s as being the 
golden era of professional wrestling. Why is that? Well, you had two companies that were thriving at the same time and they were challenging each other to be better yeah. and, and step up their game and be on their A game every single second of every minute of every broadcast. And when you don't have that, it's really easy to get lazy and complacent. And I think if you talk to any longtime WWE fan, they will tell you, you know, Vince McMahon certainly has uh, has gotten that way a little bit over the years. But uh, they, they're, they've been doing better of late, I would say. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. And, and like you were kind of alluding to earlier, for me, it's... You know, all you, all it needs to take to get into wrestling is for you to find a rooting interest in one single wrestler. If you can find one wrestler that you like and you want to know what will happen to them and you want them to succeed, you will probably tune in next week to see what they're doing and then you might find another one and so on, etc. You just it's one of those things where if you were hooked as a kid, it's really easy to get hooked again. It just needs to get its claws into you, and it might not let go. <laughs> yeah, I think it did to me a little bit there when I went to that uh, ballroom brawl. Beef Boy was my guy after that. Oh, hell yeah. He's <laughs> been on the show. Nice. Uh, he's, a, he's a local wrestler from the Vancouver scene. ECCW, shout out that company. Terrific. That's another thing, too. Like, uh, I don't know how big of a fan you were in the past. I know you have, we've talked about things before. You kind of have a, a wrestling awareness mm -hmm. in general, but it's a different element. It's a different animal to go to a show yeah. live in person and attend. And that's another thing, man. Like, it kills me that we, the local scene, which was really on fire over the last six, seven, eight months, the last year or so, like we are in the middle of a big boom in the Vancouver wrestling scene, both in terms of our local scene and the talent that it's creating and just the general appetite for wrestling. Like WWE came to Rogers Arena. They brought a televised show to Vancouver for the first time in 17 years, wow. maybe 16 years, no, 17 years for the first time since uh, 2003. And Vancouver, like, gave them the biggest crowd that they have had in the last year. That was Valentine's if, Day, right, too? Like, yeah. That if, seems like a day that might not be a wrestling night, almost. Exactly. Like. <laughs> and So if you remove uh, the Royal Rumble, which took place at Minute Maid Park in Houston, and that's a stadium show, and if you remove, like, the Saudi Arabia shows that they've done over the last year as well, and you just look exclusively at the shows that they have run in arenas... Hmm. Rogers Arena was the highest attended show that they have put on since WrestleMania weekend last year. So uh, it was a great turnout from the Vancouver crowd, and it's hopefully sent a message to the company that, like, there is a market here. There is an appetite here. Don't come back here with a two-hour TV show. Give us a pay-per-view because we will deliver the kind of crowd reactions that you want. Uh, you know, I talk so much about how wrestling is driven by crowd reaction, and that made this weekend so strange, but... Um, you know, we were a very hot crowd, and that's kind of what you want for uh, a TV taping or a, or a pay-per-view. Like, I, I have a feeling that it, it will not be another 17 years <laughs> until they're back here again. Well, that's awesome news because I like I I guess I was talking to a lot of people at the ballroom brawl and just kind of you know hearing and just hearing other people talk about it, like you hear so much about the Pacific Northwest and like what kind of appetite they have for wrestling. Like, where did that kind of come from? Because I know there was a lot of lower leagues that kind of started in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I think it really begins here in Vancouver, honestly, and it's it's spread up and down now. Uh, Seattle has a pretty booming scene as well, and it's you know taking off in Portland too. But the great thing is that the local talent, whether you're from 
uh, Vancouver or whether you're from Vancouver Island or whether you're from, you know, below the border, all these guys have no problem finding work because between the three territories in Oregon, Washington, and BC, there's always shows going on. So people can kind of just drive up and down the coast and, and get work that way. It's also made it easy for big like out of town indie stars to fly in and work these shows as well because if you book one date in the pacific northwest you can make an entire weekend out of it and not have to travel very far between locations so uh it it did start in vancouver i do feel like ballroom brawl the the semi or biannual twice a year um event that goes on with eccw at the commodore ballroom was kind of the the signal that that things were really ticking up here. Defy Wrestling is a company based out of Seattle uh, that has popped up in the last couple years and uh, kind of ratcheted that intensity to another level. And especially with the number of you know out of town indie darlings who come through to work Seattle and then eventually come up and work Vancouver on the same weekend, that's helped. ECCW and their ability to book bigger stars and bigger names and put on bigger shows as well. So everybody's kind of pushing each other in that exact kind of competition way I was just talking about, except at the lower levels, it's all friendly competition. Everybody wants to see the growth of the scene in every different city because a rising tide floats all boats. Whereas, you know, you go up to the higher levels and AEW and WWE, uh, they, they, they don't have a lot of love for each other. I don't think they're, they want each other to succeed for the good of the business. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you know, obviously, with all this this pandemic going on, coronavirus and all this stuff, I I think it's it's been a tough time for you because you moved as well, Justin. Uh, how was that uh, during the middle of this? <laughs> uh, yeah, JD Burke and I are, are roommates now. We moved in together, and the day that we moved, Faber, um, <laughs> the day that the that the uh, the moving truck came and emptied out our storage lockers and took everything to our new place was the same morning that Justin Trudeau had that press conference <laughs> that was supposed to start at like 10 a.m. and he was 45 minutes late for yeah. it. And, and I was the big presser where he was like, this is a pandemic and we're shutting down the border and uh, <laughs> this is like everything is topsy-turvy. The world has been flipped upside down. And I'm just like, oh, great. It felt like the worst day <laughs> to move in the history of pulling off a move because you know i I had this uh this crew of sweaty strangers these strange men who i've never met before who i've hired to come lift every single thing that i own (laughs) handle everything (laughs) exactly and so like when we get to the apartment and they're lifting stuff up and they'll put it down in the apartment and then go back down to grab something else to lift it again uh, I'm just seeing these enormous sweaty palm prints on the side of like my bookshelf or like any number of things, and just like the siren from Kill Bill is going yeah. off in my brain, like whoop 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 whoop. You know, just uh, I was very frightened that I was going to get coronavirus, but uh, we've been here I think for three weeks, three and a half weeks or so, and uh, I don't have it yet, so I think I'm fine. Well, that's good. You've gone on a couple minutes here without mentioning the deck there, though, Justin. you got to tell me more about this place. Uh, I will tell you that this apartment was, like, out of our budget range uh, pretty significantly. Uh, but from the moment we saw it, we were like, wow, we can't live anywhere else. Are you kidding me? Our deck, our deck, like, doubles the surface area of our living space. It is the size of our entire apartment. It is... 
It's insane. I, I, I would wager that we probably have the best patio in all of Vancouver, perhaps. I don't know that anybody has us beat unless you're a, a millionaire living in a penthouse on top of a skyscraper. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, pretty darn good. We did we did pretty well for ourselves, I think. It's just the timing of it uh, maybe could have improved a little bit. <laughs> could have been a little bit better, yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll have some good times there. Uh, one of the final things I wanted to talk about, because you, you graduated, was it BCIT Journalism you graduated with? I did go through the journalism program, yes. Perfect. So I guess the, like the question that I kind of had going into it was what made you choose journalism? Because it seemed like... You know, from from hearing a lot of your earlier stuff, a lot of the stuff that you like to do is with your voice, right? Whether it was play-by-play or doing, you know, real good show or other podcasts from time to time. Like, it seems like that's what you want to do. I was wondering, I was always curious, like, why did you decide to go with journalism? Um... <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I just. <laughs> I I went. I went in with a sports focus, so mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to come out of it as a hockey reporter, basically. Um, and with that in mind, it just felt like the clearer direction than the radio program, even though all the guys who want to do hockey play-by-play seem to go through the radio <laughs> program, it yeah. feels like. Um, that wasn't the case when I went through, because I'm pretty sure, like, you know, Brendan Batchelor went through the, the journalism program as well. I yeah. might be wrong about that. I think you're right, yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, yeah, I just, I wanted to... I wanted to work in sports media. Like, I wanted to be a journalist. I've always had a passion for journalism. Even going back to high school, I was the editor-in-chief of my school newspaper Mm -hmm. in my grade 12 year, which I wrote for, you know, from grade 10 on. I was very passionate about doing that paper. And, you know, you get to a point being out of school where uh, your life is uh, just kind of slipping away from you maybe a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) And you try to get back to the things that you enjoyed when when life was good, right? And I personally, I had a great time in grade 12. I was like the king of my high school. It was fantastic. (laughs) And and what was I doing then? I was doing comedy. I was doing acting. I was doing journalism. Those were the things that made me happy. And Mm -hmm. it was like, well... I don't know that I can make it as an actor. That seems like a daunting endeavor, but I might be able to make it as a journalist. That sounds easier. Folks, it's not. It was the, the same odds no matter which way I went there. I don't know why I didn't do acting. Instead, things would be much different for me, I'm sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it's. Uh, it, I missed the thrill of performance, and I thought that I would be able to get that from broadcast journalism that it would be like a marriage of the two things that i was really into right that that i would get to do reporting work and and you know i've always been more inclined to uh talk about the arts or sports because that's more you know personality driven you get to make jokes and stuff that you can't make during a news report (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) Uh, um and i like making jokes so that's kind of the way I gravitate but uh yeah no I I felt like it would be a good mix of of the two things that I that I missed doing so that's why I decided to do it and you know 10 years later here we are hey it worked out <laughs> 10 years <laughs> Did took, it? Ten, took 10 years <laughs> Did it worked it? out <laughs> yeah it took 10 years I'm pretty sure you're on pace to lap me within like the first day you step out of school well so. wait if you were talking to Quadrelli it'd be like a double lap so that's <laughs> I, I'm still doing okay I'm 27 <laughs> Justin <laughs> All right, well, we'll wrap it up there, man. I appreciate you coming back on the show. Uh, I think you you've passed now. I think you're number two on the list for the most guests on this show. So just behind Quadrelli, who I guess isn't really a guest anymore. So maybe you are the number one guest at this point. 
Well, I'm, I'm, I appreciate it. It's always a good time chatting with you. I'm sorry if I uh, <laughs> uh, bored everyone to death talking about pro wrestling for as long as I did. But yeah, man, I, it's very. I was thinking the other day, you know, you and I and, and Quads had talked about doing a, uh, an in-person show yeah. where I was, I was going to come back to my old stomping grounds and join you boys at, uh, at SE10 at BCIT. <laughs> Hell yeah. And, uh, and, and I was really looking forward to that. And that's something that's going to have to be on hold for a good long while. But when this is all over, uh, we will do it and we will savor it even more than we would have if, if we just acted like everything was normal. <laughs> um, so I, I look forward to that. And I do want to encourage the people to, uh, to attend a, a local indie wrestling show. You'll probably have a fantastic time. It's one thing to watch it on television. It's another to soak it up in person. There's nothing like it. And when ECCW does return, and it will return and it breaks my heart that it's on hiatus right now because they're about to launch a bunch of monthly downtown shows uh, at at a building on Main Street in downtown Vancouver that I was very excited for. That will happen. It will be delayed by as many months as this thing takes. But uh, when they do come back, please support them. If you've never gone out to a show and you're curious about it, go out. You're going to have the time of your life, I guarantee it. So, yeah, I just want to... Just want to pass that along because I know I hooked you up with the tickets to Ballroom Brawl and you Which had the time of your life. So. Awesome, man. Yeah, I had such a blast of that. So, uh, yeah, definitely go check it out. Like, honestly, guys, like, I, I watched wrestling, you know, growing up as a kid. I never really got super invested to it. I enjoyed it when it was on TV. But, you know, I got a little bit more invested when the RKOs came back. I remember getting back into it. Like, when that meme took over the world, uh, you know, all the bo- I lived in a house with, like, five guys at the time. And we just all watched wrestling and get all messed up every night watching it. But then, uh, yeah, like, it, it was so much fun to see. I'd never seen a live event before uh, until Ballroom Brawl. And the show they put on was unreal. Like, you know, the match going up the stairs and coming back down the stairs. And I just remember someone hawking, one of the wrestlers hawking a loogie and it just nails someone in, like, the front row. I'm just like, I didn't know this is what wrestling was all about, but, like, it was just so much fun. And I was sober the whole time, so I don't know what it would be like with a few beers. Yeah, it's a spectacle. That's what it's all about. Yeah, but. absolutely. Well, uh, this has been Wrestle Central. Uh, we've yeah, got some more set no, no kidding. <laughs> Considering the show's on hiatus, I basically just did the show. There we go. So, I'll send you the so, audio for sure. Yeah, so I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> well, it was good to kind of mix it up. And you know what? Like, it is the only sport that's going on right now. It's really, like you mentioned, like an art or entertainment. It's really one of the only events where you can kind of see these things live on television. So the fact that you know, yeah, we were able to you talk about it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I chatted with James Sabolski about the business quite a bit over the weekend because he was texting me as he was watching WrestleMania from the mm-hmm. comfort of his own home. And he was telling me that uh, the number one rated programming in all of Canadian television over the last several weeks, number one is Monday Night Raw and number two is Friday Night SmackDown because it's the only thing going. So, uh, you know, their, their ratings have probably taken a dip over yeah. what they are regularly and it's still enough to be dominantly like miles ahead in first place so the people are are tuning in it seems like and and why not you know it's not like there's hockey to keep us busy at the moment unfortunately you're probably gonna have some more fans tuning in on sunday nights for sure so well Um, yeah because this is gonna be the first time they've heard of the show before (laughs) sportsnet doesn't promote me in any way whatsoever so yeah yeah i'll edit that in post for sure justin (laughs) no you can keep that in they know it's true All right, man. We'll wrap it up there. Appreciate it, and I'll uh, I'll come check out that deck here pretty soon. I uh, look forward to it. I got uh, I got some white claws with your name on them, buddy. Oh, buddy, it better not be black cherry. That's what I keep. 
I've had too it many is, black cherries. It is black cherry. <laughs> Goddamn. No, but you right. know what? I come around. I was a big black cherry hater. I kind of like it now. I, I've, well, I had a flat of it in the past three days, so I've, I like it. Like, I could drink it. I'm totally fine with that. Uh, how was, uh, how if, was fishing before I let you go? It was okay. It was okay. We went out. We had three different guys in three different boats. Uh, so we were social distancing on the water. Uh, That's nobody good. caught I'm any glad fish. glad to hear but, that. You know, we had some beers. We had some good times. And, uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was good to get back on the island and see the home. Some good weather, too. Yeah, it was great, man. Like, uh, I think we were packing out the boat one day and it started snowing. So we didn't end up going that day. I don't know what the hell happened with that. But, uh, yeah, it was just good to get back on the water, man. That's what I do all the time in the summer. So it was was a lot of fun. Right on. I'm glad you could uh, have some taste of normalcy during these (laughs) upside-down times. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna change, man. I hope it's gonna change soon. Uh, birthday's May long weekend. That's what I'm hoping. I'm I'm hoping. All right, fingers crossed for you, bud. <laughs> I got everything crossed for it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I think it's gonna be a lot longer I, than that. I think but... it is too. But I'm a positive guy. I'm a positive yeah, guy. Just just putting those ions just out into the world, smiling and crying, man. That's all. Quantum entanglement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll wrap it up. And yeah, I'll bring we'll bring some parallel 49s. How about that? We'll have some of those. Uh, up on the oh, yeah. deck one day. Yeah, you've been drinking something, the the goblin beer. <laughs> That's troll right juice, now? man. That's troll, troll juice. juice. Okay, what kind of beer is that? I was trying to read the label. I couldn't figure it out. So that's a, that's just, a, I think it's a double IPA. They gave me a bunch of these double IPAs. Uh, they're like 7.5% beers, and then one's like 8.8. Uh, that's yeah. like the Hoptimist. Both delicious beers. If you like yeah. IPAs, like I've never had a double IPA before. I didn't know that was a thing. But it's, it's kind of just like a little bit... More of like a strong IPA taste, I guess, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm not a huge hops guy. Like, I don't really love the bitterness, but I do love that alcohol percentage. <laughs> so, I, st- I still get down with that every yeah, so often. Most definitely. Once you have three or four, it's it's, it's water going down, man. So, it's all good. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll chat again soon, Justin. Appreciate you coming back on the show, man. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, Chris. And thank you to Justin Morissette from Sportsnet 650 for joining us there for that conversation. Hopefully you guys enjoyed a little bit of wrestling, maybe something to mix it up a little bit from our regular Canucks talk. Uh, We'll definitely get back to a little bit more of that later on in the week. Speaking of that, on Wednesday we got Thomas Drance. He's going to be talking with Quads. Uh, On Thursday, April 9th, I'm going to be talking with Rob the Hockey Guy, Rob Williams from Daily Hive. And then on Friday, Quads is going to round out the week with Patrick Johnston of the province. You can find him on Twitter at Rising Action. And we are trying to lock down a very fun guest uh, for Saturday's regular episode of the Canucks Conversation where Quads and I will chat about some Canucks stuff, hopefully. Uh, that'll be on Friday. We'll do the recording, and that'll be out Saturday for you guys. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun week. Hopefully you guys enjoy this one so far. We've been trying to to catch up with some of the media folk out there. So hopefully you guys enjoy this conversation with Justin Morissette and the one with, with Dan Murphy on Monday. And uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, it's going to be Thomas Drance, Thursday, Rob Williams, and Friday, Patrick Johnson. We'll see you guys then.